Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Matthew 13, verses 1 to 23, and then through J.C. Ryle's expository thoughts on Matthew. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Matthew, chapter 13, verses 1 to 23. That same day Jesus went out of the house and sat beside the sea, and great crowds gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat down. And the whole crowd stood on the beach, and he told them many things in parables, saying, A sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seeds fell on the path, and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground, where they did not have much soil, and immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil, but when the sun rose, they were scorched. And since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears, let him hear. Then the disciples came and said to him, Why do you speak to them in parables? And he answered them, To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. For to the one who has, more will be given, and he will have in abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. This is why I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Indeed, in their case, the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled that says, You will indeed hear, but never understand. You will indeed see, but never perceive. For this people's heart is grown dull, and with their ears they can barely hear, and their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and turn, and I would heal them. But blessed are your eyes for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly, I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. Hear then the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. As for what was sown on rocky ground, this is the one who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures for a while. And when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately he falls away. As for what was sown among thorns, this is the one who hears the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. As for what was sown on good soil, this is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields, in one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. This is the word of the Lord. The chapter which these verses begin is remarkable for the number of parables which it contains. Seven striking illustrations of spiritual truth are here drawn by the great head of the church, 
from the book of nature. By doing so, he shows us that religious teaching may draw helps from everything in creation. Those that would find out acceptable words should not forget this. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 10. The parable of the sower, which begins this chapter, is one of those parables which have a very wide application. It is being continually verified under our own eyes. Wherever the word of God is preached or expounded, and people are assembled to hear it, the sayings of our Lord in this parable are found to be true. It describes what goes on as a general rule in all congregations. Let us learn, in the first place, from this parable, that the work of the preacher resembles that of the sower. Like the sower, the preacher must sow good seed if he wants to see fruit. He must sow the pure word of God, and not the traditions of the church or the doctrines of men. Without this, his labor will be in vain. He will go to and fro and seem to say much and to work much in his weekly round of ministerial duty, but there will be no harvest of souls for heaven, no living results, and no conversions. Like the sower, the preacher must be diligent. He must spare no pains. He must use every possible means to make his work prosper. He must patiently sow beside all waters and sow in hope. Isaiah 32 verse 20. He must be ready in season out of season. 2 Timothy 4 verse 2. He must not be deterred by difficulties and discouragements. He that observes the wind shall not sow. Ecclesiastes 11 verse 4. No doubt his success does not entirely depend upon his labor and diligence. But without labor and diligence, success will seldom be obtained. Like the sower, the preacher cannot give life. He can scatter the seed committed to his charge, but he cannot command it to grow. He may offer the word of truth to a people, but he cannot make them receive it or bear fruit. To give life is God's sovereign prerogative. It is the Spirit who gives life. God alone can give the increase. John 6, verse 63 and 1 Corinthians 3, verse 7. Let these things sink deep down into our hearts. It is no light thing to be a real minister of God's word. To be an idle, formal workman in the church is an easy business. To be a faithful sower is very hard. Preachers ought to be specially remembered in our prayers. In the next place, let us learn from this passage that there are various ways of hearing the word of God without benefit. We may listen to a sermon with a heart like the hard path, Careless, thoughtless, and unconcerned. Christ crucified may affectionately be set before us, and we may hear of his suffering with utter indifference as a subject in which we have no interest. Fast as the words fall on our ears, the devil may pluck them away, and we may go home as if we had not heard a sermon at all. Alas, there are many such hearers. It is as true of them as of the idols of old. Eyes they have, but they see not. They have ears, but they hear not. Psalm 135, verses 16 and 17. Truth seems to have no more effect on their hearts than water on a stone. We may listen to a sermon with pleasure. 
while the impression produced on us is only temporary and short-lived. Our hearts, like the rocky ground, may yield a plentiful crop of warm feelings and good resolutions, but all this time there may be no deeply rooted work in our souls, and the first cold blast of opposition or temptation may cause our seeming religion to wither away. Alas, there are many such hearers. The mere love of sermons is no sign of grace. Thousands of baptized people are like the Jews of Ezekiel's day. You are to them as a very lovely song of one who has a pleasant voice and can play well on an instrument, for they hear your words, but they do not do them. Ezekiel 33 verse 32 We may listen to a sermon and approve of every word it contains, and yet get no good from it in consequence of the absorbing influence of this world. Our hearts, like the thorny ground, may be choked up with a noxious crop of cares, pleasures, and worldly plans. We may really like the gospel and wish to obey it, and yet insensibly give it no chance of bearing fruit by allowing other things to fill a place in our affections and insensibly to fill our whole hearts. Alas! There are many such hearers. They know the truth well. They hope one day to be decided Christians, but they never come to the point of giving up all for Christ's sake. They never make up their minds to seek first the kingdom of God and so die in their sins. These are points that we ought to weigh well. We should never forget that there are more ways than one of hearing the word without profit. It is not enough that we come to hear. We may come and be careless. It is not enough that we are not careless hearers. Our impressions may be only temporary and ready to perish. It is not enough that our impressions are not merely temporary, but that they may be continually yielding no results in consequence of our obstinate cleaving to the world. Truly, the heart is deceitful above all things and is exceedingly corrupt. Who can know it? Jeremiah 17 verse 9. In the last place, let us learn from this parable that there is only one evidence of hearing the word rightly. That evidence is to bear fruit. The fruit here spoken of is the fruit of the Spirit, Repentance toward God, faith towards the Lord Jesus Christ, holiness of life and character, prayerfulness, humility, charity, spiritual mindedness. These are the only satisfactory proofs that the seed of God's word is doing its proper work in our souls. Without such proofs, our religion is vain, however high our profession. It is no better than sounding brass and a tinkling cymbal. Christ has said, I have chosen you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. John 15 verse 16. There is no part of the whole parable more important than this. We must never be content with a barren orthodoxy and a cold maintenance of correct theological views. We must not be satisfied with clear knowledge, warm feelings, and a decent profession. We must see to it that the gospel we profess to love 
produces positive fruit in our hearts and lives. This is real Christianity. Those words of James should often ring in our ears. Be doers of the word, and not hearers only, deluding your own selves. James 1 verse 22. Let us not leave these verses without putting to ourselves the important question. How do we hear? We live in a Christian country. We go to a place of worship Sunday after Sunday and hear sermons. In what spirit do we hear them? What effect have they upon our characters? Can we point to anything that deserves the name of fruit? We may rest assured that to reach heaven at last, it needs something more than to go to church regularly on Sundays and listen to preachers. The word of God must be received into our hearts and become the mainspring of our conduct. It must produce practical impressions on our inward man that shall appear in our outward behavior. If it does not do this, it will only add to our condemnation in the day of judgment. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we've heard today, and may the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory. Glory.